Well, thousands, thousands of people have died due to COVID-related surgery delays. That is the sensational and sobering headline from a new report just out from the Canadian Medical Association. And for more on this, let's welcome in Dr. Ann Collins, past president of Canadian Medical Association, who joins us here on Global News Radio. Dr. Collins, good afternoon. Appreciate you joining us. I'm, I'm happy to be here with you, Jeff. Thank you. All right. This uh, report, I mean, it is a tough read, uh, without a doubt. It says in a four-month period, the number of excess deaths in Canada, not COVID-related, was more than 4,000 people. I mean, could these, should these deaths have been prevented, do you think, Dr. Collins? Well, that is a very uh, startling and disturbing number. Um, and, and we believe that several of these excess deaths were due to delayed or missed care due to shutdowns of services and lack of sufficient cap- capacity in, in our really severely overburdened health system may be a contributing factor. So if that's the case, then yes, some of these deaths uh, could have been prevented for sure. What did we get wrong here, do you think, not only just in this four-month period, but during this entire, I don't know, 20-month period uh, and maybe even more as we uh, continue on with the uh, pandemic? Was it wrong to really kind of just shut down uh, hospitals? I remember we were talking about halfway through the pandemic about uh, would it be a better strategy to have some hospitals that are designated COVID and others that uh, were taking care of other health issues? Well, look, I think one thing that we have to remember is that our healthcare system um, was in dire straits prior to the onset of this pandemic. Uh, we already were experiencing uh, backlogs over what's uh, recommended. Um, healthcare workers were already experiencing burnout um, and fatigue, and, and numbers were beginning to dwindle in certain priority areas. But we do know that shutdowns were necessary from a public health perspective. Um, And we did see some of this ease as uh, we opened up a bit, but uh, clearly uh, public health measures needed to be enforced in order to, to help control the level of this pandemic. But I think it really does, you know, speak to the situation that we're in now and and where we can be or might be unfortunately if we see yet another wave in this pandemic you know if the pandemic did shine a light on problems with our healthcare system as you suggest expose them uh, if you will are we learning are we correcting as we go do you think or are we continuing to make uh, the same mistakes and costing lives well our, what we feel is that we've seen only Band-Aid solutions, and it does uh, appear that, you know, we, we get pushed off a cliff with something that this pandemic brings to us, and then we climb back up, and then we're gone again. So this is a problem that, that no one government can solve. This is not a single jurisdictional issue. It's huge, and, and it's time that we address this now and look for um, strong solutions uh, and solutions that will support our healthcare workers, that will get people back into uh, the surgeries that they need, the screening that they need. Look, the challenges for people with addictions and mental health to access care in this country are phenomenal. 
so so it's time or or else this is going to be a very sad legacy of this pandemic. What is the biggest problem? Does the Canadian Medical Association, what do they think is the biggest problem facing us uh, right now and as we uh, move forward? Well, certainly, uh, as we speak to in this report, um, first of all, data is critical. We need to know, and that's why we've done this. That's why we've commissioned it, to know if you're, if you're going to fix a problem, you need to identify and quantify and qualify what the problem is. So that's part of this. We know that we have over 325,000 procedures of eight selected procedures um, that will take over a year to clear up, um, provided things stay as they are now. That's $1.3 billion to put a dollar figure on that. Our healthcare workforce is a huge issue for us. Uh, we need to to have collaboration there to come up with an integrated health human resource, a people, a person plan, uh, so that we can staff and provide the care that we need uh, or that Canadians need and deserve. And those all sound like uh, good initiatives and things that need to and should be done and can be done in time. But when it comes to the customers, the uh, patients, I mean, is there a need immediately there? I mean, do we need to, I don't know, Open up uh, ORs. Uh, I've heard from a lot of uh, listeners that uh, they still can't get in to see their uh, family doctor uh, face-to-face, that uh, telehealth is uh, great, but there are some problems that just need tended to uh, in person. Uh, What do we need to do for the customers, the patients? So first of all, we need governments to realize that, that you are, you're right. We're talking about patients here. We're not talking about voters anymore. That was... That was in the fall. These are patients. And you're also talking about solutions. And we need to have those conversations. We need to have those uh, decision makers, those policy makers, those funders to to come together. And we're eager to to sit with them and come up with solutions um, around these issues that are are challenging good health care for Canadians. Is the answer, is it more facilities? Is it more hospitals, do you think, Dr. Collins, which again is a long-term uh, solution? Or is that similar to, I'm thinking about a conversation we had last week about Highway 413, and you build more roads and it's just induced demand, you're going to end up with more gridlock and more uh, cars. If you build more hospitals, more operating rooms, are you just going to see more of the same, the m- more problems that we're talking about right now that just need solved? Again, that's that's a solution-based question, and, and that's what we're calling for here, is to bring all of those jurisdictions together, government, policymakers, um, physicians, patients, to come together and come up with um, solutions uh, to prevent this dire situation be, from becoming even worse. Right, the CMA report is titled A Struggling System, and if indeed we do have a struggling system, how concerned are you about this uh, new variant, that if we have not uh, tackled a lot of these problems with our struggling system, are you really concerned about what uh, Omicron uh, could and may bring to hospitals? Look, anything that can challenge this pandemic, Jeff, and whether this, vi- this variant or another variant does that, will continue to make this situation, that'll be another push off the cliff that we'll have to try and climb our way back out of. But I can tell you right now, our healthcare workers are exhausted 
and they can no longer be the, the go-to to continue propping the, the system up and, and saving the day. Just uh, finally, when you uh, look at this report and all the uh, backlogs, there's backlogs in uh, so many uh, different uh, areas. Is there a way, is there a solution, Dr. Collins, to clear those backlogs and clear them quickly? Because, again, lives are on the line here, as we've been uh, talking about. Excess deaths, some 4,000 people between August and December of 2020. Is there an easy way to clear this backlog, or is it kind of like, I mean, I hate to make this a comparison, it feels a little uh, clumsy, but to the supply chain, that it's just going to take time to work itself out? Well, I think you're you're raising the whole question, Jeff, of of hope. Is there hope that we can make this better? Uh, And and we have to remain hopeful as physicians we want to. We want to have a system that's great for Canadians. But if significant efforts and commitments uh, aren't made to to rebuild our system now, um, the system will just continue to, we'll see more fractures in the system. All right. Dr. Ann Collins, past president, Canadian Medical uh, Association. Dr. Collins, really appreciate your time with us on this Tuesday afternoon. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. You bet. Again, this uh, new report, it's uh, well worth uh, reading. As I mentioned off the top, it is sensational and it is uh, sobering, but it's uh, worth a reading. It's called A Struggling System, released today by the uh, Canadian Medical Association. And again, the big headline is in a four-month period between August to December of 2020, the CMA believes 4,000 people, they call it excess deaths, needlessly uh, died due to non-COVID-related issues, just because they simply couldn't get help, couldn't get treatment, couldn't get the surgery that they needed. And we have to leave it there here on this Tuesday. Thanks, as always, uh, for your time. That's it for my time. I'm Jeff MacArthur. Have a great rest of the afternoon. I will see you tomorrow morning at 9 on The Morning Show on Global Television. And keep it right here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.